This is a very important and counterintuitive podcast. So I suggest that you take some time to really listen to what I'm going to say here because it will make a big impact in the way you solve cases. Um, let me give you an example of the kind of situation I'm, I'm going to talk about and why this. then I'll explain why the situation is important in the lesson years, right? For those of you who follow our, our uh, podcast and have looked at our material, you know we use a very unusual method to to estimation cases. It brings an, enorm- an, an awful amount of structure to the case and it makes it much easier for the candidate to solve the case, right? But because it's an unusual structure, you know, you can't take it for granted that the person with whom you are practicing or even the interviewer who's running your case understands the approach, you have to rethink very carefully about how to explain it to him. And what happens is that candidates do cases with us and they'll say, hey, Michael, can I take a second to gather my thoughts? Then they'll say something like, okay, I've decided this is a supply-side case. Now I'm going to write out my equation. I'll stop right there, right? When a candidate tells me something is a supply-side case, when you listen to me say that, did you have any idea what that is? I'm going to say, if I said show of hands, nine out of ten people listening to this podcast, which is a lot of people, would probably say they have no idea what I'm talking about. The 1 out of 10 may have some indication, but they're not sure because of the way it was explained. And this is a problem I find with many candidates. They take for granted that the interviewer knows what is happening, right? They give the interviewer the benefit of the doubt. That's the biggest mistake candidates make. They use terminology, they use techniques, they use phrases, they use language, they use styles of communication, which take for granted that the interviewer is some, you know, Bionic man with superhuman hearing, laser eyes, impressive memory that can store the encyclopedia. And no matter what the candidate does, the interviewer is going to figure it out. And the interviewer is going to recall that they said something five minutes ago and make the link. Now, this is one of the worst reasons why someone can fail. And it's actually one of the main reasons people fail. I do a lot of sessions with people and they just take for granted that they can say things to me because... I'm paying attention. Yes, I'm paying attention because I'm your coach. My job is to pay attention and find weaknesses and beat the hell out of them, right? But an interviewer's job is not to do that. The interviewer's job is not there to pay attention to see the links you are trying to make rather incorrectly. The interviewer's job is to see what you are trying to deliver and to see if it cuts it. And if it doesn't cut it, then they'll cut you. So now here's some of the things you should never do with an interviewer. Firstly, never ever give the benefit of the doubt to the interviewer. Why? You will never face a consulting firm anywhere in the world that will come back to you and say, you know what, we're going to redo your case because the interviewer wasn't paying attention and they're not sure whether you deserve to pass or fail. An interviewer will, a consulting firm will never come back to you and say, well, we made a mistake, right? And therefore, we not sh- and because we made a mistake, we're not sure who was right or wrong in the case. We're going to give you the benefit of the doubt and hire you. Don't give the interviewers the benefit of the doubt. Always assume that it is your job to defend your position, right? How do you do that, right? For one thing, remember interviewers have usually been working up till maybe one or two in the morning on slides. They didn't want to be doing interviews. Now, I can assure you, right? No matter how much firms talk about, you know, they're doing interviews, it's very important to the firm and so on. Recruitment is special, but working with clients is more special, right? While the leadership may, th- may, may really believe, and the leadership does believe recruitment is important, the people you are going to meet, more or less at the lower levels, are not leadership. They are engagement managers and below, and you can't even confuse them for leadership, right? 
They've been working long hours. They've been working on project delivery. They probably flew in the morning for the interview. If they're doing a, a video call with your Skype session, they've had a million other things to do. They're usually unprepared. Their mind, they're probably typing emails as, they, as they're talking to you. They're probably checking their BlackBerry as they're talking to you. The point is they're distracted. When you do your case, you have to do your case in a manner knowing that you're basically dealing with someone who has attention deficit disorder. You need to keep that in mind. You've got to explain things extra careful. Not so that you understand it, so that the interviewer understands it. You have to explain things in such a way knowing full well that the person may be tired and fatigued and is not paying as much attention as you. You have to do things knowing full well that the person may have a huge deadline on them, may be worried about being managed out, and that's the first thing in their mind and your case is not really there. In other words, you are dealing with a customer that doesn't want to be your customer. How do you deal with a customer that doesn't want to be your customer? You don't just throw off your standard sales pitch, right? You have to bring something special to the game, which means not taking for granted that you are just there to show your best. You're not just there to show your best. You have to, you're there to show your best with a customer that doesn't want to see what you want to show and is not willing to pay attention. You have to apply this mindset when you go in and do cases. Unless you apply this mindset, you will always, always struggle with case interviews. And a lot of candidates go in and they'll talk through their cases and, they did a, and they'll say, I did a good job. I spoke relatively well. If you spoke relatively well, then you spoke really badly. If you spoke very well, then you spoke okay. Because it doesn't matter how well you spoke in a case. It matters how much the interviewer is paying attention to. And if you just explain things well for someone who's paying attention, then you've obviously explained things less well for someone who's not paying attention, right? And I think this is an important lesson. When people go into interviews, they give the benefit of the doubt to the interviewer. Never ever do that. Never give the benefit of the doubt to the interviewer. If you're not sure if someone understood something, explain it. Right? And when I say explain it, again, I don't mean talking forever. I mean explaining it better, which can always mean speaking for less, but in a more concise and a more clear way. So again, a short podcast, but a really important podcast, right? And I want you to really think about how you can apply this thinking in a case interview or case preparation. Do not give the interviewer the benefit of the doubt. If you're using terminology or phrases or techniques that assumes the interviewer knows certain things or understands what you're saying, you should always confirm that. Or you are at risk of being failed because you didn't try enough to deal with someone who's not fully attentive or fully vested in what you are trying to do. And that's normal. Your job is to stand out, right? And you stand out in two ways. One, by being smart, witty, having a good conversation, but also communicating a topic that they've heard 15,000 times in a better way. So imagine that, let me put this in a different way to you, right? Imagine there is a show that you love. It's an old show, right? Like Friends, for example. I think most people like Friends, the NBC hit. And imagine, because you like Friends, you've watched each episode over a thousand times, right? What happens when you sit in front of the TV and you're watching Friends again? Well, you, you, you create the impression that, well, because I've watched Friends before, I don't have to pay as much attention. And because I don't have to pay much attention, I can do other things. I can multitask, talk on the phone, play on my laptop, and so on. So you miss certain key things, right? Now, that kind of thinking applies from the interviewer side as well. Remember, the interviewer is most likely giving you a case they've given many other people, right? And because they've, they've gone through this case so many times, they're basically trying to rush through the case. You need to understand that. You need to bring a fresh perspective on the case. You can't make the case boring. The same thing with the, with the candidate who's interviewing. 
The candidate's been through so many mock interviews that they sometimes take for granted some key step needs to be explained better. They just sort of zip through it. Never do that. Whenever you sit in front of a new person doing a new interview, take nothing for granted. Each thing is a new game. You've got to play it from your heart. As always, I'll be happy to comment on this, but I thought that this short reminder would be helpful to most candidates.